Well, it's lovely to be back with you. A few faces I recognise. I think it's a few years since I've been, but um, people might know Margaret and Mike Clark, my uh, parents-in-law. So it's um, lovely to be back. And it was nice to get a text from Steve this week saying Jake's had to, well, not nice that Jake's had to isolate, but opportunity to come and visit you again and to bring Psalm 72. I said, well, can I preach what I preached um, uh, just last week? Um, so we're at Psalm 72, not one Peter. But what a, what a wonderful psalm to come back to. And I think it was two weeks ago, actually, I was at the church preaching this psalm. And it was just as, uh, can people picture two weeks ago what was happening in the news? Can anyone think? I mean, so many things. But two weeks ago in Afghanistan, if people remember, was the, 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 it was that final weekend of people trying to get out and Taliban taking over rule of Kabul. And it was dominating the news. And I wonder... I wonder what, if you thought about life in that country, what, what life would be like? What life would be like under Taliban rule? A couple of friends at the church I'm at in Oxford have Afghanistani friends, and as they were telling me about people by name, and, and it, just thinking, what, what must it be like living under a harsh rule? And I wonder what sort of rulers might we be praying for? Such terror, such horror in that place. But what do we look for in a ruler? What would be a good ruler that would make life good for the people? You see, we might think of Afghanistan. Well, what would good news look like in that land? But in our land, as we pray for our rulers, as the Bible commands us to do, what should we pray for? What sort of rulers should we want? Maybe we don't think about it very much because largely they're off at a distance. But we realize when we look at Afghanistan, actually having people in charge who do the right thing really does make quite a big difference. And Psalm 72 is a, a, a psalm, I think, where King David finishes the, this concludes the prayers of King David. I think King David in the Bible is praying for his son Solomon. You get the title there, of Solomon, saying, praying that Solomon would be this particular type of ruler. It could be praying, it could be predicting. You might notice the translations. It could be either. It could be he will or may he. Is this prayer, is this desire, or this prophecy of what sort of ruler Solomon would be? But ultimately, as we read through this psalm about this king, if we know anything about the story of Solomon, we know, well, he didn't quite fit the bill. Actually, we needed someone greater than Solomon, Jesus, the true king in David's line, who would be everything this psalm celebrates. So, if you're here as a Christian person this morning, this is an opportunity to see more of, I think, the character of Jesus Christ, to have our hearts lifted to him. Perhaps if you're wondering where you stand on the Christian faith, well, it all centers on Jesus. And in this psalm, we will get a, a, a razor-sharp focus on Jesus and who he is. Is this the sort of person we would want ruling the world? Is this the sort of person we would want ruling our lives? That's the question. Is this the sort of person we would want ruling the world? Well, let's look at this king in Psalm 72. As David prays for Solomon, look how he begins. He begins with character, the character of the ruler. That's what matters more than anything else. Verse 1, endow the king with your justice, O God, the royal son with your righteousness. 
He will judge your people in righteousness, your afflicted ones with justice. Can you hear the repeated words there? Justice, righteousness, righteousness, justice. What sort of rulers do we need? Well, rulers who do what is right, do what is just. What sort of ruler is Jesus? One who does what is right. Endow the king with your justice, O God, who, who do, does God's way always. And what does that look like in practice? He will judge your people in righteousness, your afflicted ones with justice. We'll, we'll, we'll see that as we, as we go on. Verse, verse 4, he will defend the afflicted among the people, save the children of the needy. He will crush the oppressor. One of the tragedies of unjust rule is that so often it's the very weakest who suffer the most. Those who haven't got the contacts to perhaps get them out of Kabul, those who haven't got the money perhaps to find their way out of it. Actually, it's like that in our society, isn't it? So often it's the weakest. If we have enough contacts, if we have enough power, if we have enough money, many situations we can get out of, but the weak, the poor, the afflicted, not so much. It's dependent on good rulers to make sure they're not afflicted. And Jesus is a ruler like that. A ruler of justice who defends the afflicted. Is that someone we'd want ruling the world? Someone like that? Is that someone we'd want ruling our lives? He will defend the afflicted among the people, save the children of the needy. He will crush the oppressor. Did you notice that? Almost just as if sort of might have slipped slipped by without noticing, he will crush the oppressor. He will defend the afflicted, he will crush the oppressor. Salvation and judgment go hand in hand. When we pray, your kingdom come, really this, this whole psalm could be explaining to us what it means to pray, your kingdom come. We're saying, yes, Lord, bring justice, defend the afflicted, and crush the oppressor. It's good news that God is a God of justice. He doesn't just let the evildoers, the oppressors, get away with it. This would be a wonderful verse to pray for Afghanistan. Lord, defend the afflicted among the people there. Lord, save the children of the needy. Lord, crush the oppressor. May evil not prosper as it seems to be in that land right now. What kind of ruler do we want? What kind of ruler is Jesus? A ruler of justice who does what is right. Well, verses 5 to 7, we move to the, 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 the peace and the prosperity and the fruitfulness of living under this ruler. He will endure as long as the sun, as long as the moon through all generations. Then you get these images. He will be like rain falling on a mown field, like showers watering in the earth. In his days, the righteous will flourish. Prosperity will abound till the moon is no more. I was out in the garden yesterday, trying desperately to get rid of some weeds, to cultivate some, we've got some blackberries and raspberries which we're trying to get going. And, and of course, rain, you have, a, you have a barren spell, particularly in the Middle East, where this psalm was originally set. A, a barren place without natural water. And so without the rain, nothing grows, but the rain comes from heaven and things grow and flourish. 
And this king is like, is like the rain that enables things to flourish. Interesting, not just a king who himself flourishes, but a king who wants others to flourish and, and, and be at their best. We've got this straggly little, little, um, little raspberry plant. Our, ne- our neighbor gave it to us. We, we kind of, uh, she took a cutting. We, we, we planted this little straggly raspberry plant thinking, will anything come from this? And it was green and all the leaves were full of holes and it just looked, it just looked awful. But a year on, and finally, yesterday, I had my first raspberry from the plant. Well, it was a, what was this, this seemingly weak and fragile plant, rain and sun over a year, and now, uh, three raspberries, but it's not, it's not bad. If I'm back next year, you can ask me how many next year. But, but now it is starting to grow and flourish. And which do we want to be? Maybe some of us sometimes feel we're a bit like that raspberry plant. We're, we're not all we should be. Feeling, to be honest, we need a bit more sun. We need a bit more life. We need a bit more stability. Uh, we, we, that we might flourish and bear fruit in all sorts of ways. And the Bible says a good king, a good ruler will enable that. Jesus will enable that. The root of flourishing is not to say, I'm going to do it all on my own. I need nobody else. I certainly don't need God. I certainly don't need Jesus. I'm going to flourish on my own. That's the route to flourishing. It's like taking that raspberry plant out of the ground, away from water, and seeing how it does. Now, living with Jesus as king, he's like rain on a mown field, blessing his people. In those days, in his days, the righteous will flourish. Prosperity, or it could be peace, shalom, will abound. What have we seen so far of the king? Well, he's just. He defends the poor. He crushes the oppressor. He's a king who wants his people to flourish and be the best version of themselves. And he's a king of worldwide dominion. Verses 8 to 11. He will rule from sea to sea, from the river to the ends of the earth. It's, this, it's picture language for everywhere. Desert tribes will bow before him. His enemies will lick the dust. The kings of Tarshish and distant shores will bring tribute. Kings of Sheba and Seba will present him gifts. All nations will bow down to him. All nations will serve him. Don't worry exactly about where these places are. I think probably Horn of Africa, Arabian Peninsula. The point is the farthest flung places that the psalmist could imagine will all come and serve this king. This king is not a local king just for Israel, but for the whole world. And maybe as we gather here in Banbury on a slightly dreary Sunday morning, it might feel quite a small thing to gather as God's people as part of his kingdom. It might feel a a small thing. Your World Church Mission Partner Board, how wonderful to see that. And, And mission partners you pray for and you think, well, such a vast world and they're not the only missionaries around the world, but, but th- that, that may seem like a small thing, perhaps, praying for. Who have we got on the... I can see the Fosters in Chile. Can, who are, can, can you read a few other names out? Sorry, I can't see other names. The Machels in Chad. Clark's in Portugal. Someone McKee in Peru. 
Mike Reeves of Union. All these were praying for. Why? Because all nations will bow down to him. All kings will serve him. That's where history is going. We gather and perhaps feel small in, the, in, in an English in a UK context. But all nations will bow down to Jesus one day. That's where history is going. What a privilege to be about the work of taking the good news of Jesus to the nations and to this nation here in Banbury. Let me, let me pray now for some of these we've just mentioned, the, the Machels, the Fosters, others. Lord, we pray that you would help these people to take the good news of this king to all nations because we know that all nations one will one day serve him. All kings will one day bow down to him. And Lord, please, would that day come soon. Lord Jesus, would your kingdom come. Amen. We could use this psalm to pray for our world, to pray for leaders. Look at the, the Bible. It says that, yeah, Jesus is sovereign over all. And not just for, now we might be tempted to think, not just for the Christian West. Of course, it was never the West originally. It was, it was, it was Israel. It was the Middle East where this all began. But, but we might think only certain parts of the world, maybe only certain types of society, maybe only certain types of people uh, is Jesus for them but this psalm says no Jesus is for all he will reign over all all will bow to him and I wonder if at this point we think huh you're up here Matt saying this was good news this, this king but now you're painting a picture of this figure who will have worldwide dominion utmost power who will be ruling over all I've encountered such people in the world, in history, these people of ultimate power who always get their way and, well, how does that work out in our world? When it's usually men, rulers with ultimate power, how do they use that power? Is that a good thing? Let me read on from verse 11 into verse 12 and we'll see why Jesus is given authority over all the nations and see if you can spot this all kings will bow down to him verse 11 all nations will serve him for because this is why jesus gets all authority because he will deliver the needy who cry out he, the afflicted who have no one to help he will take pity on the weak and needy and save the needy from death he will rescue them from oppression and violence for precious is their blood in his sight why is this king given authority over all? Why is this king the one to whom everyone will bow? Why is this king the one who will ultimately rule? Because, because he's worth it. Because he's the king who will deliver the needy, deliver the afflicted, take pity on the weak. Because of his character, every other ruler in human history, or at least many of them, they use their power to make themselves bigger and to push others down. Here's a king who does exactly the opposite. This is a king who says, I will use my power to lift up others, to lift up the weak, the needy. Because their blood, their, their suffering is precious in his sight. Actually, this is a king. We know more than the psalmist did how Jesus fulfilled this, don't we? How Jesus left his throne of glory, came down to a cross, became nothing 
so that he might pay for our sins, so that he might lift up the afflicted, the weak. Jesus said the Son of Man himself didn't come to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. And so no surprise in verse 15, the psalmist says, long may he live. Verse 17, may his name endure forever. Someone says, if this is what he's really like, if having this king means justice, care for the weak, prosperity, and people being what they should be, then I want, I want this king to reign forever. And that prayer is answered in Jesus. Jesus is the king promised here. So if we're Christians, we can gaze onto the character of our king. But I think also, as a secondary application, we can be shaped into the character of our king. If this is how he uses his power, doesn't that teach us how we might use our power? Not self-serving, but laying down for others. I mean, that could be in a hundred ways, couldn't it? In how we, how, how, we, how we speak to people, perhaps those over whom we have some authority, maybe in families or in workplaces or other things. How we, how we engage with things at church. Is it, is it always my way first? Or actually, I'm going to prefer the needs of someone else because I follow a king who prefers the needs of someone else. All nations will be blessed through him. They will call him blessed. This is the promise to Abraham. The promise of good news, salvation for the world, is fulfilled in this king. And so the psalmist ends Verse 18 19, praise, praise, praise be the Lord, the God of Israel, who alone does marvelous deeds. Praise be to his glorious name forever. If you're a Christian here today, lift your eyes to this king and see if your heart isn't warmed as you think, this is the character of the one that I serve. Perhaps we know Jesus died for my sins. Perhaps we know we have an eternity in glory, but what's Jesus like? What's his character? Well, it's like this as I said if you're looking into the Christian faith there's no better place to look than the character of Jesus and my question is this can you think of anyone any description of someone you'd rather have all authority than a king like this and also can you think it's a safe thing to oppose a king like this a king of such goodness but also of majesty all nations will bow down to him Will you do that now, willingly, rather than the day of judgment? David prays for Solomon. May there be a king who is so good that life for his people is good. And that's a prayer we know to be answered in Jesus. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, thank you that Jesus does reign. Thank you that we can confidently pray your kingdom come. Thank you for his justice. Thank you for his care for the weak. Thank you for how he acts always for the good of his people. Thank you for the privilege of living as the people of this good king. 
We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Morning, everybody.